to Change Ed, your 15-minute or less podcast about all things in the change education movement. I am your host, Andrew Kuhn, education consultant for Montgomery County Intermediate Unit. And here with me in this new year is... Patrice Semichek, also out of the Montgomery County Intermediate Unit. And what is your job oh, there at the Intermediate Unit, I forget that Patrice? every time. It hasn't changed in a month. It's still an educational consultant. Still the same. They haven't promoted you yet. Shocker. No. Great to be here with you, Patrice. Great to be in this podcast. And it's great to be in a new year. Happy New Year to you. Thanks. You too. That sounded very genuine. Thank you for really bringing the, bringing the excitement there for the viewers. didn't really mean it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not the New Year part, the great to be back with you part. Let's not delay because we've got some awesome stuff in this episode, but also for this year. A lot of great things planned, a lot of great things to talk about and discuss. And we only have 15 minutes or less. So let's bring on our guest. Here with us, one of our favorite people to sit down and have a conversation with, John Spencer. Thanks so much for being here at the show, John. Thank you so much, too. want to ask you uh, a warm-up question, kind of a softball. I know, uh, see what I did there? I know you're a huge baseball fan. Wow. Uh, and that uh, in a conversation we've had before, and you're traveling around the country, you like to uh, visit the baseball stadium of the city that you're in or the city that's near there. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, what, what's your, your best experience or experience that you'd like to, to share out uh, in, in your traveling around and going to baseball stadiums? So one of my goals is uh, with my two sons, we want to go to all the MLB ballparks. And so I think there are certain ones that really pop in my head. Um, we're big San Francisco Giants fans. So one was just this really close game between Giants and Dodgers. You know, it's the rivalry. And we saw this come from behind victory at Oracle Park, packed ballpark, beautiful, gorgeous weather, you know, sunsets at the beginning of the game. Perfect. So that is one of my favorites. Um, another one that pops into my head is we were at Dodger stadium, which I hate to admit is one of the most beautiful places to watch a game. It's mid-century modern. There's no stadium out there like that anymore. It's built for baseball, but it was built in the you know late fifties, gorgeous place to watch a game. And it was, um, the, the night that they honored Vince Scully. And so I grew up listening to Vince Scully all the time. So that, that would be toward the top of my list. And then the other one that is just, you got to put it on there because it's so iconic iconic is uh, day game showed up early tour of the ballpark and then hung out in the Wrigleyville area. And it was, you know, Wrigley field um, Cubs baseball on a Sunday and perfect weather and just gorgeous place to watch a game. Uh, I am going to add one more. So just bear okay. with me. Yeah. Um, I will say I went to a Phillies Mets game oh. uh, game and um, it was the year that the, a couple years ago, I think that when the Phillies made it to the world series, but at the beginning of the year, the Mets were the big time favorite. Right. And um, talk about a fun, raucous crowd, mm-hmm. a daytime middle of the week Phillies game. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. And there's not a lot of love for the Mets. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. No. Are, are you buttering us up, John? Are you a just trying bit. to get our oh, fan base? That was so great. <laughs> it was so great. It was so much fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, I love the fact that you had a, a player hit a home run and then strike out 
And then on the third, third at bat, he gets booed. Mm-hmm. It's like the dude had a home run. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what have you done for me lately? Right? Like, that was so yesterday. <laughs> Man, they're tough. They're tough. Yes. But listen, when they love you, they love you. So yeah, absolutely. Just quick snapshot. This is, there are new science standards in Pennsylvania that are in line with the NGS standards, their seal standards. And uh, what we found is that you know when we look across the landscape of all education, that this is not a mess. The the changes that we're looking to make in in science is not limited to science. It's like across the board for yeah. education. And then with the introduction of AI, it's like wow. Like if we weren't already talking about changing education, we really need to have this conversation now. Yeah. And so we we kind of created this change ed and we called it change for change education, right? And we called it that because we didn't want to just be like, let's go steals, right? Like it was like, again, this bigger conversation. So we could kind of pull in all the aspects of things that are part of the educational conversation. Andrew, that was a really great summary of what change ed is. I know we spent a ton of time trying to figure out what we were going to call the podcast and the magazine to make sure that we weren't just focusing on steals and that we were able to help share what we know in terms of pedagogy and best practices for everybody. So I really like that we are starting the year off with that reminder. We're at a new year. 2023 is gone. 2024 is here and upon us. And there's a lot happening in education. A lot of things are changing. They're evolving new information is, is coming out every day. What's something that, that in, from your perspective, is something that educators could take on that might be something new or, or something they could change that might not be overwhelming, but a, a shift in practice that maybe as a New Year's resolution, something that they could consider? You know, I think um, a couple of things come to mind. My first thought is doing an audit of student empowerment and ownership, right? So if you think about this change that's going on with AI, the adaptability that students will have to have, the um, human skills they'll need in a, in a world of change, um, a lot of that comes down to students will need more ownership in the learning. And when I come into classrooms, I think that's a pain point. That's a challenge. Uh, there's a lot of learned helplessness, honestly, that came out of where I live. We were in lockdown for a long time and a lo- and we found this sort of inverse bell curve or bimodal curve, however you want to describe it. Uh, half the students are amazing at being self-directed and they're go-getters. And, and, and then the other are, it just, that period threw them off. And it's not the learning loss that everyone talks about. It's not a lack of skills. It is a struggle with getting work in on time, getting started, self-managing, working collaboratively. And so I think pulling back and recognizing this reality a thing I would encourage a lot of teachers to do is ask, what am I doing for students that they could be doing for themselves? And then how do I build scaffolds to get there? How do I take a gradual release approach? So, you know what, we're, I'm going to do a small choice menu, or I'm going to incorporate a few small self-assessments or peer assessments. They're going to be structured. They're going to be timed. They're going to be things like that. And so I think the new year is a really good time to ask, how do we shift into more and more student-centered learning in a way that builds on the victories that you have. And so I think it's a really good pause, reflect, and and move into that place of student ownership. And with that, one of the things I'll say is 
the more that happens and works, it's a little bit of extra work on the front end, but it makes your job as a teacher easier. I think that's the secret that nobody ever talks about is when, when students are truly empowered and the systems start working, you feel less stress. You feel like, I, at least for me, I felt like I was nagging less often and I was leaving less tired at the end of the day. That was one of the major things I took away from your the book you wrote about being empowered. And uh, kind of the theme that I heard, I heard you just now saying slow down. Sometimes we have to slow down to actually be able to go faster. And mm-hmm. I think in a lot of ways, it seems counterintuitive, especially in our society where it's like the next, the next, the next, the next, even to... I think being successful in a lot of ways or hone in on our craft, we, we again, we have to hit the pause button and really absorb. And then we're ready to, to up oh, there it is, launch. There it is, Patrice, um, as well. So I have this thing that I, I do every year. When I, when I set goals for the new year, I'm super into like goal setting and setting goals. So one, one of the things I love to do is I set process goals and product goals, right? So that's one thing I do. Another thing I do is I always ask the question, what data will I ignore this year? Because, um, you know, the, the analogy I give is um, RBIs are the most useless data in baseball. It, they are a measure of privilege, of power, of, of, of how good your team is. They don't actually tell you how good of a hitter you are. What what data matters in baseball is your on-base percentage, your slugging percentage, and so your OBP, that combined, right? That tells you how good of a hitter someone is. Power, consistency, that's about all you can, you can look at. RBIs are useless. So I always say, what data are we going to ignore? And then... Um, I do my my slime goal setting. Trust me, I'm getting to AI here in a second. So what I what I've enjoyed doing is looking at AI myself in my life with my own processes. And so slime stands for start. Like what do I want to begin this year? So now I'm asking, what can AI help me? to start? What's a new thing that I was unable to do before that AI might actually help me with? And so for someone, it could be like, I don't know coding. I don't have the time to learn coding, but AI could truly help me create an app for the first time ever. And I, between YouTube videos that I could watch and, and, and AI, it's going to become a game changer for me, right? So you ask, what am I going to start this year? And how can I use AI for that? Let go is what do I need to abandon this year? And so the question that I have there is like, what what can AI do for me that allows me to let go of something that I don't like to do? right? So slime, again, we have start, we have let go. Let go is easy, right? There are these things that I hate doing that it will do for me. There are some reports that I have to do and some data analysis that I have to do that I'm telling you with my own personal dyscalculia, um, I struggle with. Having a quality AI quantitative analysis tool, and it's not ChatGPT, it's, it's, it's a diff- different tool I use. Three years ago, was a game changer in terms of creating reports. If that can save me time on something I don't love to do that's necessary, that's great. And then I can analyze the results. Um, improve, the I stands for improve. What do, you, what do I want to take to the next level? Similarly, how can I use AI to take it to the next level? And it could be, I'm going to start using Grammarly to, to edit my writing, to take my writing to the next level and become better. It could be, I'm going to use you know generative AI art to create a new style of art that I'm going to blend with my own art and, and see if I can take it to the, whatever it maybe how can AI improve the work I'm doing? Uh, Maintain, what do I want to continue to to do this year? So this is the question of like, what can AI tools do for me that allow me to maintain the work that I do, but do it in a way that's just a little bit more efficient? 
and then experiment. What do I, what do I want to try out this year? What is some new thing I want to try? So the conversation I've had with some of the, the teachers that I work with, the conversation I have, you know, with myself on my own is um, AI is a powerful tool, but if I pull it back into this, what I call my slime goals, right? So each year, you know, start, let go, improve, maintain, experiment. How can AI help me with each of those things? I think it allows me to imagine a lot more. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I think that also goes back to your part of your book and it's the whole idea of like being human centered in a tech infused world, right? So you're yeah. being human, but all of these things are here to help improve or to mm-hmm. reduce that cognitive load we were talking about or to help you be able to experiment and try new things. I think that's brilliant. I love that. And I wrote on all of it. Thanks. Shockingly, we are out of time on behalf of the entire Change Ed podcast team. I'm Andrew Kuhn from Montgomery County Intermediate, reminding you to go find your slime. Mm-hmm.